0: We set ourselves in agreement right now to hear from heaven today. We know that you are here in this place. We're not asking you to be with us. You said you would never leave us or forsake us. So, Lord, today we practice on purpose the presence of God. Your presence is in this room right now. Your glory is in this room right now. And today we lay aside every distraction, every thought. that we take it captive, that's a negative Non productive, demonic thought. We break those things right now. We cast them down. We pull them down in the name of Jesus. And we plead the blood of Jesus over our thoughts, over our mind, our will, and our emotions in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says there's a scripture that talks about that when you hear God's word, you have to press into it. Jesus said the kingdom of God suffers violence. You know, come against us, but the violent take it by force. Amen? So we have to press into the things of God. And we have to press, more, than, more often than not, we have to press beyond our natural, physical feelings. How many of your feelings can be fickled? <laughs> your feelings. You can wake up, had a bad dream last night or something. Your feelings could be telling you one thing. But let me tell you something. God's on the throne. Jesus Christ is Lord. And His power is in this place today. And we're not going to let anything hold us back today. We're not intimidated by the enemy. Amen. Never, ever be intimidated by what the devil's tried to do in your life. Okay? God is going to have the last word. That's right. Praise, Praise the Lord. Praise now in Psalm 92, Psalm 92, we're going to pick up in verse 9. And what I want to talk about, there's so many different ways you could go with the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But I felt impressed in my spirit this week to talk about this aspect of the Holy Spirit. And that is a fresh anointing. How to tap into a fresh anointing. And the scripture we want to read is Psalm 92 starting in verse 9. David said this by the unction of the Spirit. He says, For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. Verse 10, But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. Notice this phrase, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Can we repeat that phrase? I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Now I underline that in my Bible here because it's the it is without a doubt the Lord's will that you and I be anointed with fresh oil. And then verse eleven says, Mine eyes shall see my desire upon mine enemies, and mine ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that shall rise up against me. Basically what he's saying here is the anointing will destroy my enemies, praise the Lord. Now, we know that people are not our enemies. It's it's demons and evil spirits and so forth. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But the Lord takes great delight delight in tormenting the kingdom of darkness. You remember when Jesus was going to cast a devil out out of a man that was possessed with the devil, and the devil spoke up within that man and said, have you come to torment us before the time? Have you come to torment us before the time? Amen. Well, Jesus tormented the devil by his lifestyle, by his words, by his actions. And every time somebody got healed, every time somebody got delivered from whatever the case may be, boy, that was tormenting to the devil. And we should take great delight in tormenting the devil by doing what God's Word says. Praise God. You ought to be Satan's number one nightmare when you wake up in the morning. He's like, oh God, they're awake again. Amen. Amen. That is the truth. Mm. But sad to say, a lot of believers don't know who they are in Christ, and so they're more afraid of the devil than he is afraid of you. Now, that's that's not our subject, but when you understand who you are in Christ and what you have and what belongs to you, Mm. you will never, ever, ever be the same again. But he says, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. You might say it like this. We all need an oil change once in a while. <laughs> we know that our vehicles do. Amen. But quite honestly, we need a fresh batch of the anointing every day. He says, I will anoint you with fresh oil. There's something about fresh that's, that's good. Amen. How many of you don't like stale food? I mean, it's, it's been there about a week in the refrigerator. It doesn't taste very good, but you yeah. like something fresh. Now, something popped up in my spirit this morning, and I thought about this. In Exodus chapter, I'm just going to refer to this because of time, but in Exodus chapter 16, when God had brought Israel out of Egypt, you know, and brought them out through the Red Sea and drowned their enemies, and now they're in the wilderness and they're going to Mount Sinai there to worship God, to get things established and set up, you know, before they go into the promised land. You know, they began to grumble and complain about their not having food and so forth. To make a long story short, the Lord instructed Moses. He says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to rain down manna. Now, the Israelites called it manna. The word manna means what is it? Okay. He said, here's what God said. He says, every morning, every morning. Remember, Jesus said, give us this what? Our day, our daily bread. And that bread... That, was, that came down was called manna. And that manna, was, it sustained them for 40 years in the wilderness until they got to the border of the promised land, and then they didn't need it anymore. So every single morning, the Lord instructed the Israelites, all of them, to go out and gather, you know, depending on the size of their family. okay, Because He had some smaller families, some larger families, and God instructed them to gather up the manna, and then they were to go and grind it and so forth and bake it and so forth. I mean, every single morning, God would rain down manna from heaven. But here's what the Lord instructed them to do. He says, I don't want you keeping any over until the next day. He goes, eat everything you have. And, uh, and the reason is, is because, because they disobeyed. A lot of the Israelites disobeyed God. And the Bible says that the, it began to stake and gather maggots. We don't like that kind of stuff, right? You know what that's all about. And the Lord saw what they did. Now, the reason that they gathered up more than they should have is because of fear. Yeah, I just heard it somewhere. They didn't trust. Was that you, Eleanor? I'll give you credit for it. Amen. Amen. She's in the spirit this morning. Amen. (laughs) But on the sixth day, God said this. He says, Go and gather twice as much, because the seventh day is the Sabbath. He goes, I'll sustain that. It won't stink, it won't rot, you know. But on the sixth day, you're going to gather twice as much. Man's number in the Bible is number six. Okay? Now we know that there's seven, seven years of a thousand, okay? And we are living right now in the, at the very end of the sixth day Creation was made in six days, and the Bible says one day with the Lord is it's a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The seventh day is the, the seventh thousand year. That's a thousand years. That's the millennial reign. We're not there yet, but we will be. Okay? Where, where God comes, sets up His kingdom, and we're all part of that kingdom on the earth for a thousand years, and nobody dies during that time. Okay? We have our glorified bodies and so forth. And, uh, but the point I want to make is this, is that God instructed them, six days you shall gather up manna, but on the, on the seventh day, He says, you're not to do anything but rest. He says, this is the Lord's Sabbath. Remember one of the commandments is honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. That's a principle. Someone says, well, we're redeemed from the, those things. No, we're not redeemed from those things. The Bible still says, thou shalt not steal, right? Is stealing wrong? Is, is committing adultery wrong? Yes. Of course it is. All right. Well, the, the Sabbath day, he said, you're to keep that holy and worship the Lord on that day. Now, our Sabbath is on a Sunday. Amen. Because it's it's a holy thing, praise God. But the Lord instructed them to take enough manna each and every day, and uh, that will be provisioned. And then a lot of them began, the only reason they gathered more because they were concerned that the next day it wouldn't be there, the provision wouldn't be there. And as human beings, we're like that. God does a miracle for us. You know what I mean? He does a big thing for us. And then all of a sudden, a couple of days later, we're like, well, I need something. I need another miracle again. And we start to get concerned and so forth and so on. This even happened in the ministry of Jesus when He fed the multitude Uh, With a boy's lunch, five little pieces of of loaves and two fishes a boy's lunch. And you remember how he multiplied that food? Remember that? And the very next day, they're in the boat with his disciples. And Jesus looked at the disciples and he began to see fear and worry on their face. And he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they perceived that he was talking about because they forgot to take bread. Think about that. I mean, I mean, think about that. A miracle like that, that God does that feeds an entire thousands and thousands of people from a little boy's lunch. And the very next day, they're thinking about their next meal and they're beginning to worry about where the next meal is going to come from. Isn't that human nature? I mean, here, here's another example of what I'm, what I'm talking about. Josh, you may want to put that on zero. That speaker. I hear some background noise. that's okay, they got a radio that plays through here. So, amen. Um, John the Baptist, who was the greatest prophet since that Jesus said up until the up his, until his coming. You know, he said the greatest prophet was the was John the Baptist because he actually was there and saw Jesus where Isaiah didn't, Ezekiel didn't. Jeremiah didn't. That was hundreds of years before Jesus became flesh. But uh, you remember the story where Jesus was going down to the River Jordan, and there he was going to be baptized by John the Baptist in the river. Do you remember that? So here's the here's the situation. John is baptizing people. He comes he comes down, and the Lord instructed John the Baptist. He says, He goes, "You'll recognize the Messiah. It's not going to be just business as usual." This will be out of the ordinary. He said, you're going to see the Spirit of God descend on him like a dove. He's not a dove. But it says, like a dove will light upon him. And he says, when you see the Spirit of God light upon him, you'll know that this is the anointed one right here. And even though they were cousins, he didn't know who he was. But you remember what happened? He saw the Spirit of God there. He's baptizing hundreds and hundreds of people. And all of a sudden, whew, This beam of light comes down from out of heaven and gets on this one guy. That's the Son of God right there. So you remember what happened, make a long story short. John the Baptist baptizes Jesus there. He comes up out of the water and a voice from heaven spoke. It was God's voice and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Amen. Now Jesus hasn't done one miracle yet. Hasn't raised anybody from the dead yet. Hasn't done one single miracle. Okay. Okay. And yet God's voice comes out of heaven and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Do you know He's saying the same thing about you and me today? Because our sonship is not based on what we've done. It's based on what Jesus did for us. And He's pleased with you. He's pleased with me. No, we may not be perfect in the flesh. But our spirit is what He's looking at. Our spirit. Now here's the point I'm trying to make is this. When God said from heaven, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. In one setting, you have the Trinity. You have the Father speaking from heaven. You got Jesus in the water. And then he saw the Holy Spirit descend upon him. You got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, all in one place. Everybody say, wow. Wow. (laughs) Say it backwards. Okay. And you would think, at least I would. That if you are in a situation like that, and you were experienced, you were a witness, an eyewitness to that baptism. There was other people there that heard this and saw this. That day, you would think, especially if you were John the Baptist, that you would never doubt again. Did you hear about what happened? We were, we saw, we heard the Father's voice. We saw Jesus, the Son of God, and we saw the Holy Ghost come on him like a dove out of heaven. Pray that lighted upon him. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Trinity, all in one setting. Just a few short days later, some demon-possessed people arrested John the Baptist, threw him in jail. And now he's sending some of his disciples back to Jesus, asking him this question. Are you the Messiah, or do we look for another? (laughs) Now, wait a second. It was just a few days before that, he was there in the Jordan River. And the Trinity shows up. Which goes to show you, you can have a supernatural experience, but that's not going to wipe your doubt out for the rest of your life. You're still going to have doubt that's going to come against you. I, I would venture to say, if we took a survey right now, that every one of you in this room, you've had doubts come against your mind. Especially lately. You've had doubt about the Word of God coming to pass, that the doubt that the Word is true. Well, that's no different than Satan in the Garden of Eden came up to Adam and Eve. He said... Do you really think God meant what He said? Hath God said? What was He doing? Sowing doubt into their minds. The integrity of God's Word. Because God means what He says and says what He means. And what He says is the truth. And we need to be established in the truth of the Word of God. And the Bible says that we have this hope as an anchor to our soul in the book of Hebrews. What's an anchor for? It holds the boat. It it stabilizes the boat when rough waves and winds are beating against it. It holds it in place. Even when I went fishing years ago with a guy that had a bass boat, he had an anchor, but it's not one of these big, big anchors like we see, you know. You know what it was? It was a milk carton filled with cement. I thought, that's interesting, you know. Because we got in some rough waters, you know, and the boat's moving around, you know, and we wanted to stay in one place. He goes, He goes, Pastor Keith, just uh, take that milk jug and just throw it over right now. It's got a rope on it, you know. And I noticed when I threw that, that was the anchor to that little bass boat. It was a four-man bass boat, you know. That was a good bass day too. Caught some good bass, you know. And, um, but it's stable. Even though the wind was blowing, it stabilized that little bass boat. It kept it from moving. Even though you could see little ripples and waves and so forth. And the Word of God is an anchor to our soul. Because we get wind and waves beating against our mind. Whoa, the word doesn't work. Thoughts come against you. Doubts, fears. Listen, we're all in this together, aren't we? Amen. Some people think that, you know, if you're called to the ministry, you don't have those. You've got to be kidding me. We probably have more come against us. Because if the devil can discourage a leader or a pastor or whatever, then he can ultimately affect an entire congregation of people. So I know what it's like. I know what it's like to have evil thoughts, wicked thoughts, doubtful thoughts. But you know what? We can take authority over those things. Glory to God. And we need to do that. We need to, the Bible says, gird up the loins of your mind. I don't know what that looks like, but your mind has loins. (laughs) Gird up the loins of your mind. So he says... uh, I will be anointed with fresh oil. Say fresh oil. I love that. Verse 10, I, He shall exalt me, my horn like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Now go to 1 John, over back near Revelation. The Apostle John in 1 John chapter 2. Let's take a look at something here. I can see right now, we're not going to finish this today, so we'll pick it up next week. Praise God. But I felt like we needed to worship a little longer today. Just felt impressed in my spirit. We were supposed to do that. I really do. So we're talking about walking in a fresh, as a believer, to walk in a fresh anointing. Nothing tastes worse than stale food. Amen. And that's why God told them, gather up the manna, fresh manna, every morning, eat it all. And whatever was left on the ground out there in the wilderness, the sun would scorch and it would just disappear supernaturally. You know, it's interesting because the Bible says that even their shoes didn't wear out for 40 years. Their clothing and their shoes didn't wear out for 40 years. You know that's supernatural. But that's the God that we serve. (laughs) Praise God. But in 1 John chapter 2, the Apostle John said this, these things, verse 26, these things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Or in other words, those that try to lead you astray. Okay? He's writing this to believers. He says, but the anointing, notice that, but the anointing which you have received of him abideth where? Amen. Oh, the anointing is on the inside of you. And you need not that any man teach you. Now, let's not take this out of context here. You need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you all things, and is truth, and is no lie, even hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Now, there have been those through the years that have taken Scripture. Now, the Bible does teach us that we're to rightly divide, study to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And the devil likes to twist Scripture, take it out of context to you know, prove a point. But we're to rightly divide. Now when it says that we need not that any man teach you, people say, well I don't need a pastor, I don't need a teacher, I've got the Holy Ghost. That's not what he's saying here. He's referring to those that try to seduce you. Because the same Bible says God gave, when He rose from the dead, He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith in Ephesians chapter 4. So the same Holy Spirit, He's given us teachers. Pastors and teachers is the same Greek word. Amen? Amen? But when he says, you need not that any man teach you, he he says in verse 26, this is concerning them that seduce you. In other words, try to lead you astray. Okay? Because there are things that happen in the earth. There are people that have good intentions or not good intentions that try to lead people astray doctrinally. But let me tell you something. Your heart is smart. Your spirit is smart. And you have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And the Spirit of God will tell you if something's not right, if something, you know, years ago when we were in Tulsa, uh, this is actually before I met my wife, you know, but she was going to a church, and it was a real fast-growing church, but it, there was some bad doctrine that was going on inside that church, you know, that everybody's like, you got to come over here, you got to come over here to this church. Yeah. Come to find out, she went over there, And the Lord began to deal with her about not going back there and found out later that there was witchcraft, spiritual witchcraft that was going on inside that church. But see, she was just a young person in the Lord, but the Lord was trying to protect her. Concerning them that seduce you, try to lure you in. Amen? So that's why it's so important that we base what we believe that we have scripture after scripture that we believe what we believe why we believe it even on our website you know we have our tenets our basic tenets of faith here's what we believe according to the word of god amen cuz that's, that's you have to have scripture to, to back up I what say, you believe when I yes ma'am in
1: service i kept thinking of witches and i was like, what in the world and then the Lord just, you know, and later on you
0: found that out yeah, yeah. So the Lord was trying to protect her. Amen. Years ago, many, many many years ago in the, in the uh, late 70s, early 80s, I started listening to a guy on the radio and uh, I can't remember what his name was. It's just way, way back when everybody had radio broadcast, you know. And, uh, and part of what he was saying was good, but there was another element to what he was saying that was just off. Something was, And I just felt like hmm, something's just not right. And I couldn't put my... My finger on exactly what it was. But then later on, I began to find out there were some things. He, this minister was exposed with some things that were going on doctrinally that were very dangerous. And he's no, now he's no longer even in the ministry. You know what I'm saying? But even back then, I remember, as, even as a young believer, I, would, I was so hungry. And sometimes the devil tries to play on your hunger. We need to be hungry for God. But we need to satisfy that hunger with the Word of God, the living Word of God. Amen? Amen? And so the anointing, this is what I wanted to share with you, the anointing that you have received of Him abideth in you. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, the anointing who is a person, it's not a thing, it's not an it, it's a person. The anointing came and lives on the inside of you. Every single one of you here, how many of you are believers here today? You have the anointing that lives on the inside of you. Praise God. Now that doesn't mean that we're not teachable and we can't receive and we can't learn. Heard someone say to me some time ago, he said, Pastor, I've got the Holy Ghost too. Amen? But they were trying to prove a point of something that wasn't even scriptural. I've got the Holy Spirit too. Well, you know, when someone's like that and they're not teachable, you can't really help them. You just can't help them. I've got the Holy Spirit too. That is just so filled with pride. Well, I've got the Holy Spirit too. Well, I know you do, but you're wrong. Now <laughs> go to Galatians real quick here. Galatians chapter 5. And let's, let's take another look at this scripture here from a different perspective here but in Galatians we're talking about a fresh anointing a fresh anointing in your life you want a fresh anointing? Mm. I found that when you have a fresh anointing you're easier to get along with when you have a fresh anointing you're not moody Now we all have to all of us have to deal with that at times there's times we all feel like being moody when you're filled with a fresh anointing you don't want to get away from godly people you want to get around them You don't want to go hide from everybody, you know. You want to get around some good people, godly people. Amen. Mm -hmm. But we see something here in in Galatians chapter 5, in verse 14. Let's pick up there. And we're going to talk, first of all, about the negative side of this, but then we're going to talk about the positive side of this. He's comparing the fruit of the flesh, comparing the fruit of the Spirit. Mm. Okay? You're all familiar with that. But it says, verse 14 says, Paul said this by the Spirit of God. He says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Isn't that a powerful statement? He says, the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. And the walking in love, the love of God is a keep. You you don't have to worry about breaking any of the commandments. See, if I love you. I'm not going to tell a lie about you. If I love you, I'm not going to steal or rob from you. Amen? A lo- the love of God is a fulfilling of the law. That's what we have on the inside of us. We have one law, a law of love. And if we keep the law of love, you don't have to worry about breaking any other commandments. Okay? Now, notice it says in verse 15, but if you bite and devour, now he's writing this to believers, if you bite and devour one another, Take heed that you be not consumed with one another. So in other words, God doesn't want to have teeth marks on people. Bite and devour one another. Take heed that you be not consumed with one another. Verse 16, this I say, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, see the word spirit there is capitalized in the King James. Um, There's only one Greek word for the word spirit. It's the word pneuma. Okay? Okay? But I believe the translators that translated, this should be small S instead of capital S. Because this is not talking about the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces. This is the fruit of the human spirit that produces with the life of God on the inside of Him. I'll prove that out to you here. Verse 16. This I say, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. All right. For the flesh warth or lusteth against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh and these are contrary one to another that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you're led of the Spirit you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Now here's the fruit of the flesh. Okay, And he's going to list some things here. Now the fruit of the flesh is this. Adultery. Fornication. This is all works of the flesh. Uncleanness. Lasciviousness idolatry, witchcraft. Do you know witchcraft is even a work of the flesh? It's a it's a it's a counterfeit. Hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings of such like which I will tell you before, they as I have told you in the past, they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Or they that practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's not saying that if a Christian commits one of these sins, they're going to hell. That's not what that's saying here. This is talking about a lifestyle. A lifestyle. Now it's interesting, you could divide these into two categories, these works of the flesh here, you know, and they're... And the first part would be physical sins. Physical sins. The second part would be spiritual sins. How many of you you can't see pride, but it's spiritual? Okay. Wrath, strife, envying is inward sins. Other people may not see it, but it's still a sin. Now the point I'm trying to make is this. Here's the fruit of what the flesh produces But when you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes to take up residency in your human spirit. And the potential to walk in these, we're going to read here in a second here, the, the, the fruit of the spirit. There's nine fruits of the spirit, nine fruits. When you got born again, those nine fruits were deposited inside of your spirit. But they're in their infancy stage and they need to be developed patience was put inside you when you got born again. But how many of you know that that patience needs to be developed? Love was placed on the inside of you, but that love needs to be developed. Okay? Because the flesh wants to get envious and jealous of people. That's the flesh. You know, there are some Christians that don't like to see other people get blessed. Because they think, I should have that too. Well, that's true. You can have it. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. But he said there there are these these outward sins, these inward sins, but the fruit. Look at verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. Now we see the word faith. It's the word faithfulness. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit, faithfulness. Meekness. That means to be teachable. Temperance. That means Self-control. Against such there is no law. So here you are as a, tr- as a child of God. When you came to Jesus. Now before that we were governed by the flesh. And he listed all those different things in the flesh. How many of you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> but see when you got born again the Lord moved inside your spirit. Now you have the potential to develop those fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace. Nine fruits of the spirit. When you were born again, those nine fruits. Now, when my children were born, they were born with perfect hands and perfect feet and perfect arms and perfect legs. But they needed to be developed. My kids didn't learn how to drive when they were one years old or two years old. They weren't ready for that yet. Okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But the time came. <laughs> you thought I was going to take a little side journey there, didn't you? But the time came when those same hands that used to be very small, now they're matured, now they're developed, now they're able to handle a steering wheel in a car. You see what I'm saying? Now, when you're born again, you have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, all these things that are on the inside of you. Now, here's the thing we have to understand is that the fruit of the Spirit doesn't grow automatically. Doesn't grow automatically. And the Bible talks about how you can be a babe in the Lord. And, a ba- you know, someone can be saved for 50 years. Think about this. They can be born again for 50 years but still be a spiritual baby. Something to think about. And there are people on the earth today. There's people in this city today that have been born again for years. they got Jesus in their heart. they got their fire insurance. They're not going to hell. But they've never developed the fruit of the Spirit in their life. Maybe they just never went to church, never were taught correctly, never put themselves in a position to grow from the Word of God, to learn the things of God. So, consequently, they stayed a babe spiritually. Now, we're not knocking people. We're not condemning people. It's just a fact. Now, the difference between... Paul talked to the church at Corinth. He said, you know, you're operating the manifestations of the Spirit, but you're still a spiritual babe. Okay? And there, you know, there's the different developments of, you know, when you're born again, you're not born again full grown. No more than when you're born a physical baby. You're not, you, you know, you don't, you have to mature, you have to grow. All of us do. Okay? Now, none of us have reached perfection. I haven't reached perfection. I'm still growing. I haven't made it. I haven't arrived. Okay? Praise the Lord. But we're pressing forward. We're growing. And we should be able to see ourselves even a year from now and say, man, that thing that used to really just drive me crazy, so to speak, you know, that person that used to really upset me, they're no longer upsetting me. How many of you can see in your life there are things that used to really tip you over. You know what I'm saying? Like, it take one little thing and you're like, oh man, I just lost my joy for the whole day. But when you grow in the Lord and you begin to develop these things, the same thing no longer pushes you over the edge anymore because you've developed in these things. Okay? And we're talking about, you know, having a fresh anointing. And when we have a fresh anointing, these things are going to manifest in our lives. The love, the joy, the peace will increase In our lives. And I'll tell you, fruit is meant to be picked. When I when I was a young kid, my my family, my parents moved to this part of the city, and we had a couple of acres uh, on there. And the people that lived there before we moved in there, they had a bunch of fruit trees that they had planted there. You know, and we 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 came into that, we inherited that when we took over this house and my parents bought this house. And we moved out of that little shack that we were in in the city. And we moved out to this place and had you know, a couple of acres. And they had tons of different fruit trees. And every single year that, those trees would produce fruit. And my, we, we would go down there at the right time and harvest those peaches and cherries and apples. And I mean whoever was there before has planted all that stuff. Okay. Now fruit is meant to be picked. It's not for the benefit of the tree. It's for the benefit of others. And God made it that way, did He not? Now, the fruit of the Spirit is not just for yourself. Yes, it does bless you. It does benefit you. But the fruit of the Spirit is meant for other people to pick off you and say, I want what they have. I want that. I want to be like that. And that's the way it should be, right? Mm -hmm. Praise God. We shouldn't get envious or jealous of someone that's more developed in certain things than we are. That should challenge us. I like to get around people that are developed in areas that I'm not. Or I'm growing. Amen? Ministries that we, we, we follow after. that are Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Amen? And, and they challenge you. And they want you to, by listening to them, it makes you want to come up to another level. Brother Copeland's like that. My spiritual father. He's one of the best examples I've, I've ever found. You know, he's an example in spirit. He's an example in body. He's an example in every single way. No, he's not perfect. He's a human being, but he's following after God. And I want to follow someone like that. Paul has said, follow me as I follow Christ. Amen. Now let's go real quick here because we're running out of time here. But Let's go to Ephesians, the fifth chapter. You're just right there anyway. Go right next door to Ephesians. And I want to just leave you with two points here today about how to develop a fresh anointing in your life. Because we all need a fresh anointing. I need it. And just as God instructed the Israelites to gather fresh manna every day, that was their instructions. Get the fresh manna every single day. Don't hoard it because it will end up rotting in your house and bringing things you don't want and your critters into your house you don't want. Okay? So every day is a faith adventure. We're going to wake up. I believe the manna will be there today. The provision of God will be there today. They couldn't see it at 3 o'clock in the morning. But God, they had a word from God. When you wake up in the morning, it would be like a, 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 a dew upon the grass. And there it is, manna, fresh manna. Hallelujah. And Jesus even said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. <laughs> I am the bread of heaven. Jesus is our manna. Praise God. But are you ready? Hold on to this. Where do you see this scripture here? It's talking about walking in a fresh anointing. Now as a believer, listen to to me carefully. As a believer, all of us have a choice whether or not we're going to walk in the flesh or walk in the Spirit. Okay? Okay? Now, walking in the Spirit is not some spooky thing where you float around singing praises and hallelujah every day and thank you, Jesus. I mean, that's a lot of times people do that. They're not walking in the Spirit. They're just trying to, imp- so they're trying to impress other people. You know? Glory to God. Glory to God. And the first person that cuts them off on the road, they're, they're getting in the flesh. Yeah. <laughs> Now, we've all been there and done that. I know, I know. <laughs> we've all had fits of carnality. Someone, especially when it comes to someone else getting blessed, that'll, that'll show you real quick. Because when you get blessed, you know, and someone gives, something happens to you, you know, what are other people's reactions like? Did they get jealous and go, who are they to let that How, Why would that happen to them? Well, you don't know the seed that they've sown. You don't know the time and the effort that they sow. And the Bible says there's a season for reaping. He that You know, it says if you don't faint, faint in well-doing and do season, you'll reap if you faint not. There have been times in my life through the last 25 years where God did something for us. And I sad to say, there was believers that looked at us and got mad at us because of what God did for us. And they have no idea of the seeds that we sowed because in the, in, in the, we don't announce it, we don't talk about it. You know what I'm saying? But, but that'll that shows up real quick whether someone's in the spirit or in the flesh. Because that's why Paul says, when one member suffers, we all suffer. When one member is honored, we all rejoice. Right. Amen. And if you get blessed, I'm gonna jump on the ship right next to you and say, glory to God. Yes. Louanne, when you get blessed, I get blessed. That's right. That's right. Nancy, when you get blessed, I get blessed. Amen? I could go on to every person in this room. Why? Because we're one body. And if you're blessed, I'm blessed because we're in the family of God together. We're not separate. Thank you, Lord. But we're going to, we'll camp on this and we'll close here today. But in Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to born-again Christians, people that are born again. And he says this in verse 11. Have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it's a shame to even speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Boy, that was written, what, 2,000 years ago? How much more today? Some stuff that goes on behind closed doors, you don't even want to know about it. Amen? He says, But, but all things are reproved and made manifest by the light, for whatever doth make manifest is light. Now, verse 14 says this, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleeps, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Hallelujah. Now, what is the difference between someone that's sleeping and someone that's dead? You can't tell the difference. Their eyes are closed. All right? But he says, Awake thou that sleepeth. Sometimes I need to say that in church wake up. <laughs> and many years ago in our first church that we passed, we had these two guys in our church and they were good guys. But uh they worked really long hours and stuff like that. And when they'd come to church, it was it was almost a given every time I'd start preaching, they'd fall asleep. And one time the one started snoring right while I was preaching. I'm not kidding you. I could tell you some stories. <laughs> that you're like, "Did that really happen?" You know. One time one in our when we first started our first church back in 1986, I was preaching in this church, and it didn't have air conditioning. So we had the back doors open. It was a women's club, you know. And a big alley cat come walking in the service while I was preaching. And I, could, I was looking back because the doors back there, the people's backs were facing, and I could see this big, it was a big yellow cat. <laughs> and he came walking in there, just looked around, enjoyed the preaching. <laughs> And he said, well, I've had my share today, so I'll just leave right now and just turn around and walk right back out. I just kept preaching. Amen. But anyway, these two guys would fall fall asleep. It looked like two bookends. You know what I mean? (laughs) But he's saying right here, awake thou that sleeps, and Christ shall give thee light. And then uh, verse 15 says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. He's writing this to believers. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. What's that redeem the time mean? It means make the most of your time. Seize up opportunities. Don't waste time. Now, yes, God wants you to have a good time. He wants you to enjoy things. There's there's a time to relax. There's a time to work. There's a time to sleep. There's a time to get up. The Bible says that. But he, He says redeem the time because the days are evil. Seize opportunities. Verse 17 Wherefore, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And here he goes on to say, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So, in other words, he's saying here, Paul is saying, Do not get drunk on natural wine. Okay? But it's okay to get drunk on the Spirit. Natural wine is just a, as a or natural alcohol, as, as you would say, is an artificial for the real deal. And that's why as believers, we don't need to partake of that. I'll be bold about it. We don't need to partake of that. Neither should we. Okay? I'll just throw it out there. But if you want to grow in God, if you want to grow in the things of God, get the real juice. Get the, get the wine from heaven. You with me now? He says, verse eighteen: Do not be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. But be filled with the Spirit. Notice that phrase: But be filled with the Spirit. Now he's writing this to believers: Be filled with the Spirit. The word "be" is in the continual sense there in the Greek. It's not just a one-time thing. He says, continually, constantly, stay full of the Spirit. Get filled with the Spirit. Amen. Many years ago, I had a vehicle, and I was going to a church meeting, and I was running late, and I had, I had a very low tank of gas. <laughs> I'm sure none of you have ever done that. <laughs> and on this, this vehicle that I had, it was a Ford Explorer, actually, I remember, that I had this uh, and there was, a, there was a computer gauge on there that would tell you how many miles you had till you ran out of gas. Which cars have today, you know. And it said like 10 miles till, your, till empty. I thought, well, I've got enough gas to get to the prayer meeting and so forth, you know. And, and, uh, but I got in the car and went out just for a couple of minutes. And I'm pressing for time to get there on time and so forth. And all of a sudden, it, said for, it went from 10 miles down to zero. Okay. <laughs> I, just around the block, I thought... What just happened here? And I'm thinking the computer saying I'm out of gas. I've got zero miles left. So I began to pray. <laughs> Say, has it come to that? <laughs> Say, I shouldn't have waited so long to fill the car up. You know. So I called my member. I called my wife. Said, pray. I said, I can't run out of gas here. Were you in the car by Okay, you were in the car. Okay. All right. It's been a long time. So I praise God that I made it to a gas station and filled that baby up. Amen. But the Lord, the Lord said something to me. He, got, he, he, he revealed Himself to me and He said this. He said, now I didn't hear it with these ears here, but I heard it inside. He said, he said how did that make you feel when you were running on empty? I said, man, Lord, I was... I was anxious. I was upset. I was, I was nervous. He says, okay. How did you feel after you filled the tank up? I felt great. <laughs> I had a lot of miles left. Amen. It put me at ease. He said, Keith, that's exactly the way it is in the spiritual realm. Hallelujah. And a lot of Christians are running on empty. They're on empty and they're nervous and they're afraid and they're they're barking at people instantly. You know, something happens, they're ready to chew them out. Why? Because they have a low tank of the Spirit. But when you stay full, you can relax. The Lord taught me a lesson that day. Because when you're full of God and you're full of the Spirit, then things that normally tick you off and make you upset won't do that anymore. Because why? Because you're full of the Spirit. Amen? Yes. One day I took, a, I took a long prayer drive years ago, a number of years ago, probably 15 years ago. And I was up north. I was up near uh, Evans City up in that area up there. And I, was, I just felt impressed to pray and take some time and drive and pray. I used to put a lot of miles in my car doing that. Because I'd just get out and just pray in the Spirit. Pray for the people in the church. Pray for whatever God wanted me to pray for. And, um, and I'm coming back on this highway. It's up near Zillion Opal. And there's an airport, a little airport there. Some of you know where that little airport is. And there was nobody on the road except me that I, that I could tell. I wasn't paying attention. But I'm just praying in the Spirit, worshiping God. I mean, I'd been praying for two or three hours in the Spirit, just fellowshiping with God. And all of a sudden, this guy in a pickup truck got behind me, and he was he was about, seemed to me, like this far behind me. Okay? And I mean, I'm by myself. I'm in the car, and this... So I, so I speeded the car up a little bit, my vehicle, you know. But he just stayed right on top, right on me, man. And as we kept going, I speeded up a little bit more. I'm already going over the speed limit. And he's all kissing the backside of my vehicle with his car, the front end of his car. He was so close to me, I could look in my rear view and I could see the full expression on his face. And all of a sudden, he... Got so filled with rage and anger, he began to blast me with his words. You know, dropping the F bomb and everything else, you know. And, and I mean, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I'm, on, I'm already going 20 some miles over the speed limit. What am I supposed to do? I can't really pull over right here. You know what I'm saying? And I'll tell you, it was, it was a scary, in the natural, it was a scary experience. It was a young man just filled with rage. Okay. Now stay with me. I'm almost done here. And uh, you talk about road rage. This this guy was to the nth degree as far as road rage, and I was I was a little concerned about it to be honest with you. I'm, I'm like, what is going on here? I, there's nothing that I know that I did to make him mad or upset. I don't know what's going on with him. But we're coming up to the city. And there's some lights there, and I'm thinking, all right. So we're going to come up here. What's going to happen here? I mean, he is it. He acted like I just killed his best friend or something. You know what I'm saying? That's how he was treating me, as far as the 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 level of anger and the rage that was coming out of this guy. Well, the spirit of God, because my flesh was kind of like this. You know what I'm saying? My flesh wanted to pull the car over, get out, and beat the heck out of him. <laughs> that was my flesh. And I probably could have too. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That we're not going to do that. But the the Lord spoke to my heart in that car when that was going on there. He says, Keith, take authority over this spirit right now that's operating through this individual right now. Take authority over it. Because it was it was definitely a spirit. There's no question about it. That, that level of rage like that. We're not talking a little bit. We're talking a lot of anger here. And people like that have guns and so forth. They can do stuff that you don't even want to think about. So I said, in the name of Jesus, while I'm driving that car. He's still on my... Telling me big time. I said, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over that spirit that's controlling that guy right now. I'm saying this, I'm driving, I'm looking in the mirror. I take authority over that in the name of Jesus. We came to a stop light okay, and he's right behind me. I thought he was going to jump out of his car. We pulled there and all of a sudden he just darted down a side street and that was it. That was it. Okay? But the, my flesh buttons were being so pressed that day. And you, you can really test your love walk with how you drive on the road. It's the truth. Because there will be people that don't know how to drive correctly. That will cut you off. That will be going too slow or whatever. You know what I'm saying? That is just an opportunity to not yield to the flesh. <laughs> now, if I, I, I will be lying to you if I say I passed that test every single time, because I haven't. <laughs> I thought, what's wrong with them, you know? And um, but the point I'm trying to make is this: is that here you are, you're faced with a decision of someone that's really walking in the flesh. Okay, anger is one of the fruits of the flesh, isn't it? Rage. That's all fruits of the flesh. But the devil was trying to push my button to get me to enter into that level of rage and flesh that that guy was walking in. You see what I'm saying? And I, I just felt that my flesh was trembling. I felt anger. I felt that. I did. I felt that rage. And it, it would have been so easy to yield to that in the natural. It would have been so easy. But I thought, you know, I've just spent two hours, three hours just praying in the spirit, talking to the Lord. And I've got the fruit of the Spirit on the inside of me. And so (laughs) I decided I'm not going to yield to the flesh. I'm going to yield to the Spirit, to the Holy Spirit inside me. So I said this I said, Father, after I took authority, I said, and I immediately forgave that person. It's amazing how you can have unforgiveness towards someone you never met before. I knew a guy years ago that was so mad, so ticked (laughs) off at the government, the president, so mad. He was a believer. You can hold unforgiveness towards people you don't even know in the natural. But it's not going to hurt that person. It's going to hurt you. Because it's like drinking your own poison. I'm not going to get filled with bitterness. That's the flesh. I'm not going to get filled with envy. That's the flesh. I'm not going to get filled with jealousy. That's the flesh. I'm not going to get filled with rage. That's the flesh. Now, the good news is, is we can all grow up and come up higher in these areas. All of us can. Okay? None of us have ever been perfect in the flesh, have we? So, even though my body was trembling at that moment, it was trembling. I'm telling you. And that's why the devil likes to get, especially couples, before, when you come into church, try to get you in an argument in the car while you're coming to church. <laughs> get in a big flesh fight before you come to church. I don't even feel like going today. Well, that's what the devil wants. Let's not even go today. Let's just go to the mall. That's what the devil wants. It's sure, because he gets you in the flesh, then you get out of church, get out of the word, get out. That's exactly what he wants. He's already won. Are you with me now? Am I speaking to you or am I speaking to the people back there? Okay. <laughs> so we have a choice when the pressure is applied to our flesh We can yield to the Lord or we can yield to the flesh which produces these things we just read about here today. But he says, don't be drunk with wine, but be drunk with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Notice verse 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and i'll just leave you with this today. Here are some of the symptoms of when you're filled with the spirit. You're going to be speaking, number 1. Number 2, you're going to be singing. Number 3, you're going to be giving thanks. And number 4, you're going to be in submission. When you're filled with the spirit, you don't mind submitting. Amen. Praise the Lord. When you're filled with the spirit, these things you, you'll speak, you'll sing, you'll give thanks. Praise the Lord when you're filled with the Spirit. These are signs or symptoms, if you will, of a fresh anointing. That's why I like to spend some time with the Lord on a daily basis to spend some time with the Lord before I go out in the general public. I like to protect my time. You know, and we all we can we can Set aside time that we need some time with the Lord to feed our spirits, to pray, to communicate with the Lord. So that when we go out in the general public, you know, we're more prepared to handle things when they come our way. Okay? The last thing I'd want to do is choose somebody out when I've been in the presence of God. The last thing I'd want to do is get angry at somebody when I've been in the presence of God. Because when I'm in His presence and I'm fellowshipping with Him and I'm worshipping Him. I like to worship God when I'm alone. When I'm by myself. Just me and Him. He's the only one that sees me. Hallelujah. That's what really counts. Jesus, I love you. I praise you. I thank you. That's what I was doing before I came out here this morning. I'm back in that room back there, the kids' room back there. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. It's that you're the reason we're here today. Praise God. And so it's easy to just step over into that realm You know, walking in the Spirit is not some spooky, weird thing. Okay? But I'll tell you, people in this world, they need me and you to walk in the Spirit. They're saying, will the real Jesus please stand up? They're looking for that. Now again, we're all at different levels. We're all growing. We're all developing. And I like what my my wife said one time. She said this. She says, It's not where you're at in God, it's which direction you're going. So don't compare yourself to someone else and say, man, they're so much further along than I am. And then you condemn yourself. Don't ever condemn yourself. Do you hear me? Do not, the Bible says, happy is a man that condemneth not himself and the things which he allows. You, self-condemnation is one of the most destructive things that you can do for yourself. When you've missed it, you've gone done things wrong. Do not condemn yourself. You know why? Because God is not condemning you. Now that doesn't mean he's approving it, but he's there to help you, to lift you out of it. But when you condemn yourself, you've already thrown the book at yourself and say, I'm guilty. There's no use. I can't even forget it and just give up. Just throw the towel and just quit. Don't do that. Let the Lord work with you. Praise God. Let's just thank Him this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Lord. Thank you, my Savior. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Would you close us in prayer today? Hmm. Thank you, Lord.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We bless you. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you, Jesus. And we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is life to us. And health and medicine to all of our flesh. Yeah. We thank you, Father God, that, mm, yes, yeah. the word is life yes. to our minds, yes, Lord. life to our brains. Oh, my you, ko ko you, ko, the word, the word of God goes deep into the soul. Yes, Lord. And uproots, those things that the enemy masveca yes. that tried to set into our minds even at very young ages Our age. yes. Oh, the word of God is bigger and greater and more powerful in those negative thoughts in the name of Jesus, Marovoco sovogoto. So fill up upon my word. Listen to my written word. Listen with your heart fixed upon me, and you'll see a great change rise up within you. My word will illuminate and light your path and bring you out of those dark that darkness that seemed that yes. would always last. Oh, but look up ahead and see. I have a great plan and a great future for them. Oh, it's so bright. It's so bright. Oh, and it does work and cause the night to be gone. Yes. And the light of the day will illuminate you. Yes. And my word will open up things you never dreamed. Oh, my. Praise God. Oh, so soak in my word. Soak in my presence. Soak in the things of God, and you'll see in not a very long time yes. how many things have changed. Yes. So much has changed. Yes. You'll begin to pinch yourself and say, am I the same person I was just yes. a few weeks ago? Yes, yes, yes. And But you'll see that the more you step into this, yes. then you'll know there is no other way. Hallelujah. No other way. Hallelujah. Oh, my, 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 my. We receive you, Father. Receive, receive. your word today. We receive Thank it. Us, we receive it. We receive it, Father. Thank Hallelujah. You. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. 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 My goodness. You know, there are just so many pulls in the natural. Uh, to me, it's like uh, Amazing. You know, I mean, even 10 years ago, I mean, there is a change in the atmosphere. And you have to just keep yourself focused on the Lord and on the word because the enemy is trying to get you off on God only knows what, my, 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 you know. But then, you know, but the word, that's what we need to center up in is on the word. The word of God is, yes. is the only thing that will keep us steady in this life, you know? Amen. How many of yeah. you are thankful for his word? Oh, my goodness. Amen. Wow. I think to myself, where in the world, <laughs> you know, where would I be, you know? Yes. I, I just encourage yes. each and every one of you, just determine to be different, you know? I mean, everybody else is doing it, you know what I mean? The, I mean, the negative side, So, Like, why be like everybody else? You know what I'm saying? And and man, we were watching Kenneth this weekend again, and um, wow! Uh, no, that was Billy Brim that mentioned that she uh, they were having a prayer meeting. She wasn't there at her own prayer meeting; she was traveling. And um, there was there was a a, a man that w- began to talk. The Lord appeared to him. Yeah. Just really pretty recent, and and he. He, was, he told this man that was a very humble person yes, yes. that he's coming very soon. I know we keep hearing this, but like it would happen a, a couple of times the Lord appeared to him, and the Lord is coming very soon. So I, I sure don't want to miss out and be, not be ready. No, How about amen.
0: You? The one thing, too, that he, the Lord said to him when Jesus appeared to him was that the revelation is coming to the body of Christ that they're going to know what it really means to be a new creature yeah. in Christ Jesus. And wow. it's going to just take the lid off of any limitations yeah. that we have to be a new creature in Christ Jesus.
1: Yeah, that's
0: right. Amen. Amen. The other so, thing I was thinking of, too, when she, she was prophesying was, remember the illustration I was getting about the vehicle that was running out of gas, you know? Um, gas was cheaper back then.
1: <laughs> it costs more to fill up
0: today. And it's the way it is in the spirit. It costs more to fill up today, but it's worth it. It's worth it. I remember when gas was 12 cents a gallon when I started to drive. Or 25 cents, whatever it was. It was cheap. You could fill the whole car for a buck 50. Those great days are long gone, you know. It costs more to fill up today, but it's worth it. Amen? Yes, yes. Praise yes. God.
1: Praise God. Like I need my hands on you, Eleonora. Let's, let's just be obedient here.
0: Praise God.
1: She, you can just stay here. Hallelujah. So you've made a stand in the spirit. Oh, my, 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 my. Oh, and it will not be shaken. Oh, for there's a strength. On the inside of you, rising up, oh my goodness, more revelation shall come, greater anointing shall come, for you've made the stand in the spirit, and you're not letting go, and the greater one is rising up, greater than you know. Hallelujah.
0: Amen. Amen. Let's all stand up together and we'll dismiss you. Father, we thank you for... For this day, we thank you for revealing yourself to us. Thank you for heaven in our houses this week, Lord. We invite heaven to invade our houses this week, our, our lives, our thinking, our way of living. Thank you, Lord. Bless each one as they go here. Thank you for your hand of protection upon each and every one. In Jesus' name, Amen.